Welcome to Brave in the K-Hive. I'm your host, Bianca. I don't really have much to say. I recorded this yesterday, but... <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's, let's go ahead and do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Brave and the KI. I know I sound like a little bit different today because I practiced this like three times and they all were like really messed up. So I'm trying to talk very calmly, you know, like one of those um, therapists or something. I don't know because <laughs> I keep getting messed up. So welcome. We're back. Um, oof. We have had the craziest last few days, just in the media, in the world, but really in the media. Um, uh, we had a lot of meltdowns. We had a lot of white feminism. We had a lot of white fragility. And like, I am just, it's early in the morning and I'm already exhausted. It's like 947. I'm like, okay, it's time to go back to bed. <laughs> so I'm Bianca, you know that. And um, I had a lot of stuff to talk to you about Kamala today, but we'll start it off with um, the drama about Liz. The other day, I'm chilling, and I'm starting to get attacked by all these blue checks. They're white checks on my screen because I use the dark screen. Um, these white checks out of nowhere about Harris's um, mental health plan. Now, I had read it, and I'm not seeing what they're seeing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And like, she's going to make asylums. And I'm like, okay. Well, if she did make them, it would be not the same as the old ones, right? You don't think she's going to like reopen the old buildings and just run everything the same, right? And, you know, they don't really answer that. And I realized that they were just crazy. And I must have like repeated the word asylum because they, they said it, you know, there, I said, oh, okay, well, when Reagan closed the asylums, this happened and this happened, you know, so why don't we want, you know, long-term residential care for people that are, you know, in acute situations or whatever? Oh, they lost their minds. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? And I explained like, you know, none of you have a mental illness or if you do, it's not bad enough for you to ever been inpatient because I've seen these people, like people that cannot take care of themselves. You know, it's not everybody's like Chad who just, you know, he can take some medicine and he's usually okay. You know, you see people killing themselves all the time. And, um, and you see people wandering homeless um, that basically they're, they're, you know, they're unmedicated, they're unstable, they say random stuff, they're just out of their minds, and we need somewhere for those people, and they don't always do well in those residential group homes and assisted livings, they, it's, it's not structured enough for them, and it's structured, but it's not good enough for them, because in there, you know, you have to remember your own stuff, you know, remember to take your own meds a lot of the times, a lot of times they'll give them to you, but you know, in some of the places, you know, you can freely come and go. And these people don't really have their minds right. So you can't just let let them wander around the streets to get hurt because people hurt them. They need to be going with somebody that can escort them. Or, you know, at least we they have to be stable enough to where you know they'll come back, you know, or you can report them missing. So because a lot of people go missing from these group homes. Um, these people lost their minds. And I realize I'm talking to people that actually know nothing about the subject that they're talking about. They just want to be mad. Like, why are you screaming and fighting at me? Lady, 
you know, I've had more time impatient than you have, pretty sure. So why are you all upset? So I just, I just wilded out on them. You know, I had explained to them like, hi, I have someone close to me that I know who wandered away from one of those facilities and they did get murdered and they did get stabbed over a hundred times and nobody reported them missing. And this is what happens. You know, they're hard to deal with. The people that are there are just like kind of happy for a break for a second since they don't have to deal with the worst one. They're not medical professionals a lot of the time. Or if they are, they're not very high level. So they're not like psychiatric nurses, you know. And um, if you go to the hospital, you'll a psychiatric nurse is trained to know what to look for. And they do most of the work, right? And then you have them at these facilities. And a lot of people are just rah, rah, these facilities. They're the highest level there. They probably have like an LVN somewhere in the back. And everybody else is CNAs and PCAs. And I'm not talking, trying to diss anybody's job. Um, I'm saying that you're not equipped to deal with it at that level. Because you don't know all the differences. You don't know uh, why people act certain ways or how to handle these situations. Um, They're going to run you over. These people are unstable. So, you know, they don't understand that, like, um, explain to them. They're like, oh, there's a whole variety of um, different levels of care available. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because that's not how they did it for us. Okay. Maybe in your, where you live at on the white side of town, they got all these different levels of care where I was at. It was 48 hours in the hospital. They kick you out and you can either you go or they can try to get you into one of these um, assistant living homes. And I've, my aunt worked at one. My mom worked at one. They're, they're just there to keep you fed and well and make sure you take your pills, but they're not really equipped to like handle your meltdowns. And my mom used to have to call the police all the time and, you know, to deal with the people because they're getting violent. They're getting crazy and they're doing it all the time because they have a disorder that is not controlled and it, their meds are being doled out by somebody who doesn't understand their disease. So they don't even know what signs they're supposed to be looking for to know whether it's working or not, or if they need to be adjusted or looked at again, they're just there to keep everybody from killing each other or killing themselves or dying or whatever. So I was really pissed off because I'm like, Hey, you can't tell me my life. And, um, I might've yelled, I might've just all caps to everybody and, blah, and you know, because I was just like, whatever, you guys triggering me. They do. They trigger you. They make you like, because you get in swarm. I'm like, where are all these people coming from? White check Twitter has wilded out so bad in the last few weeks um, that you can tell their level of bias is so high. I don't know whether that's because of Trump, you know, making he may, makes everybody more racist. But boy. We've had um, journalists um, attacking gay black men who are just supporters of of um, of uh, a candidate. These aren't people that work in the media. He, she's over over here attacking, trying to get people to unfollow. Um, you know, just making a really big deal. I'm like, what is your problem? Because somebody that he followed wrote a tweet that she didn't like. And now he, I, okay, this is Twitter. Twitter ain't your real life. Stop it. I've been stressing me out with this lately. So 
you know, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. And um, I don't have to respond to that bullshit. I'm not going to respond to that bullshit anymore. I don't care who wants to have a fight or whatever. I'm just really not here for it. Um, we had some drama with Kamala today. It wasn't really her. Um, it was Bloomberg. Bloomberg, I guess, lured one of her staffers away. And the, and the lady immediately went and ah, snitched her out and talked bad. I don't really do that. Like, if I leave, I'm not going to talk about you. Or, you know, he fired, quit, whatever. I'm just, I don't have anything to say. Because... Yeah, you're not there to defend yourself. So it's just gossip. It's nasty. You know, I, I just don't really engage in it too much. Like maybe initially the first day I'll have something to say to a couple people, but I'm not going to go in a long-term, you know, spreading dirty shit campaign. That's kind of fucked up. So I don't do all that. And, um, what's been going on has just been a lot of nasty backstabbing, weird, crazy shit. And this is all tied to what Elizabeth Warren fell in the polls. I guess she dropped by half. It's pretty bad, you know, she, cause she fell really rapidly. Um, just kind of like Kamala this summer, um, how she couldn't get her foothold back up after she fell so far. And they're thinking, I guess that if they attack Kamala, that'll help Liz. It's not really going to, because the reasons why Liz fell, it has nothing to do with Kamala. Pete got her voters <laughs> more than Kamala did. Um, she fell because of the way she ran her campaign and the person she presented herself as. She started fibbing little white lies. And every time she told one of these white lies, her little... Um, peanut gallery in the back are just cheering her on, cheering her on all these white checks. And I noticed, I said, why are all the, all the verified people pushing Warren? Like, um, we have to take her. Like, this is your candidate. Like you guys are supposed to be the media. Why are you choosing the candidate? And why are you out here attacking and abusing voters for saying things about a candidate? Like, I think that maybe, they're a little too big for their britches. You know, you get the blue check and then you're just like, hey, I'm a badass. I can just tell anybody on Twitter what to do. And this, that's not fair. We're regular people. We don't have to adhere to some weird standards of whatever deal you guys cooked up behind, between yourselves. I understand that people must have cooked up some deal where nobody's allowed to talk about Liz or something. I don't get it. Um, nobody called me and I didn't agree to it. So... I'm not really in it. <laughs> so <laughs> last night I decided, okay, I don't want to talk about Liz like ever again. So let's talk about Pete because we need to talk about Pete. I'm going to do Bloomberg and I'm going to do everybody, you know, um, just tell me what you don't like about Pete. Oh my God. I started that thing way late at night because I knew that not too many people were going to reply at night. And it was going to be fun. Nope. All night people replied. All fucking night. Like the daytime. Um, that's literally the fastest I've ever had a thread go at night. Because there's, oh, Pete, Pete, do you want you want my opinion on Pete? Because, you know, it's a focus group for me. It's like I'm going to get all these people's answers. And I'm going to see which answers come up a lot. Um, and what comes up a lot is condescending, arrogant. You know, those, those ones of uh, $10 words 
um, overusing language that you could say so much more concisely, simply, um, and get your point across much better. Instead, he chooses to link, um, get take out simple words and, and add big, huge words in there. I don't know who he's trying to fool, but I can always tell that he's condescending to all of us. And it really annoys me. So um, I wish he wouldn't do that. So, yeah, I've been getting a lot of um, dive bombs from from white worn ladies. Like, well, Kamala messed up right here and right here and right here. I'm like, how is that helping Liz? You don't you Liz? Don't you Liz people have somewhere to go like to hang out together? You should have started a Liz hive before I came up with a K hive, you know, but you guys are. They're, you guys are all bandwagoners to me right now. I don't know what's going on with um, the Liz campaign. Um, it all started in October. She performed terribly, even though the, the pundits, you know, I'm telling you about this Liz Media, they all gave her rave reviews. With the people that I saw that were not in any way celebrity or verified, nothing, she, it shit did not play good at all. So I'm like, why are you guys writing all these pieces that say she's, it was just wonderful. It's great. Yeah. And everybody's like, uh-uh, no way. And so she had to come up with a way to pay for it because she had been dodging that plan, dodging that plan, um, do- dodging that part of the plan. And um, it caught up to her. So in October, she was like, okay, I'm going to come up with this plan to pay for it. And she went and hid out for like three weeks, came back with a plan what no it was a terrible plan they were like praising it oh it's glorious oh look no no taxes raised on the middle class um this shit ain't gonna fucking work she wanted to i mean she had to reform the fucking pentagon the mic in there she had to all kinds of shit that had to get done in that in order for it to work that wasn't going to happen. All that stuff is not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And then she's going to find billions here and billions there. Oh, here you go with that Republican waste, fraud, and abuse shit. And that's how, like, you can see the Republican in her, in her. like, when she was explaining it. And I was like, oh, no. And when anybody, like, well, we could do that a, a different way. We can get to the same place. She's like, no. Mm-mm. Very authoritarian. Like, she... Like she really believed that she had won already and she was the nominee and she could just, oh, peasant, what a dumb idea. So that is what's driving her poll numbers down. Because when she was just friendly, hokey, okey shrug lady, she was zooming up in the polls. As soon as she started taking um, rigid positions like, oh, I'm banning this because she was just out out there doing the most. She was going to ban this industry. She was going to tax this one 75%. She was going to do this and that. And it was like, wait, lady, ain't nobody um, trying to hire you to be God or King or anything. This is, this is not how it goes. She was even going to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. I'm like, how how could you, how are you going to, that, that's not your job. You don't, presidents don't work in the Senate. You can't tell them, like, people don't know that the Senate makes their own rules. The House and the Senate make their own rules, y'all. The president literally has nothing to do with it. (laughs) So her, um, 
I might even want to call them plans because they're more like um, grab bags or wish lists or whatever. Because Liz knows she can't ever pay for it. She'll never be able to pay for it or pass it. What does she want to be president for? To try? To fight? I had some people telling me, oh, well, I'm willing to fight for it. Fight who? Who are you going to fight? Who are you going to fight to get it? You don't even know who to fight. She's not told you how this fight's going to work. You have no clue what's up with this fight. Who are you going to fight? Republicans? Okay, you lose. They're not going to vote for it. So I don't know. Um, she's been spreading this message that everything was all about fighting. And as long as you fight, then, you know, that's good enough. And it's like, you don't even know how the how to fight. Like, how are you going to do this? You can't come up with anything. And it's like, um, God, it's like 2016 all over again with Bernie. Bernie's still out there being delusional as fuck, lying to kids. Um, he's never going to fucking stop, you know? He'll be like 175 years old, still fucking running for president, lying to kids and getting all their little fucking candy money because that's who Bernie is. He's going to run for fucking president forever. And that's fucking annoying, too. So not only is that going on, you got Bloomberg, Stare. First of all, Stare steals her data. Bloomberg steals her staffers. The only fucking person who has anything valuable is fucking Kamala Harris. The Why are the billionaires only stealing from her? Why is everybody's campaign only worried about fighting her? Everybody, all of Liz's people are attacking her. Everybody's attacking her. Why? See? Because she, she can fucking beat Trump. And people are going to see it, you know? It gets up to crunch time. People start taking different looks at the candidates. Because, like, right now we got, like, one third that are decided for sure. But those can always be flipped, too. She's going all in on Iowa. Oh, and her staffer said, I mean, it wasn't really like very detailed of, you know, the takedown against Kamala. She said she just oh, I can't believe how we've been treated the last two weeks. Like, okay, I'm shit. I've been treated like shit the last two weeks too, <laughs> to be quite frank. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that your life has been very bad for the last two weeks. Um, shit gets shitty in campaigns, you know you're out of state, you're with, um, you know, with a candidate, they're away from home, you know, they're going to be cranky sometimes, um, you know, cause it's a stressful thing running for president. So you're, you're going to hear shit where people were just fucking, they lost their cool. They snapped on somebody. I'm just expecting that. Cause I know I do it. <laughs> so yeah, there was that. Um, I'm going to try to make sure that this is not like, a fucking hour or two hours. I'm just going to do, you know, a little bit quick. Um, we, oh yeah, I already talked about that. So, um, then I had a Beto thread up. Um, it was about Beto, you know, should just come back in, you know, it was sad because, you know, people started fighting on the thread and I was sad because I, I like Beto, you know, and they're all, oh, I don't know if I want to support. And I don't do that. Don't try to, you know, hold me hostage or do some blackmail over somebody saying something, you know, on a thread, there's going to always be people that don't like somebody. And it's only like one or two people. I don't even understand why it's a big deal. I've had 
fuck, I've had Beto people just say the craziest shit where I'm like, oh, come on. And I know how they feel because I felt the same way. Like, I don't want shit to do with him. But I'm like, I'm grown and this guy's a real asshole. And I just blocked him and, you know, it actually got immediately better. <laughs> there weren't even two of him around. It was just him bothering me for a while. So I just took care of it. And I'm just going to say, if you find somebody that's just doing the most and you don't fucking can't take it and they're just doing it, fucking block them. Fuck that shit. Mm. Life is too goddamn short. Um, so we had that go on. Um, Amy's in the media. She's letting people know that. Yes, a woman can win, and uh, nobody's calling her a cop, which is weird because she did Kamala's job and was much tougher on people. You know, I think what somebody got like four years for shoplifting or something like crazy shit, you know. But you know, that's Amy, <laughs> she's very, um, mm-hmm. she has a few issues. Um, I'm not even going to talk about them because. Um, let's talk about Kamala. A lot of people are saying they don't know anything about her. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to write up, you know, some of the things I'm saying right now. Um, Kamala. Did you know she dated Montel Williams? <laughs> she did. After Willie Brown, she ended up dating Montel Williams for a while. Really weird, right? I never knew that. Um, she also taught at Stanford and the University of San Francisco. A lot of people don't know that. She taught classes there. She taught advocacy skills. Um, she also had, in the career she had, what did she do? She, from 1990 to 1998, her, the, her time as a prosecutor with the, with the office, because after that she was working in other offices or she was, you know, DA or she was AG, which means you're not really in court every day doing, you know, case after case after case. You have to oversee other lawyers, right? So people were like, oh, she's been, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so she had a lot of stuff that she did, but she prosecuted sex crimes. And what she focused in was sex crimes against children. And people don't know what she was doing because she doesn't really talk about it a lot. And it's hard for anybody who deals with sex crimes against children to talk about it. It's not easy to talk about because you have to weigh not only the privacy of the victims, but just it's very hard to um, deal with on a personal level with how you feel about it because it's horrible. These are horrible crimes that are happening to kids. And like, how do you say this without triggering everybody in the group? There might be somebody who, you know, has experienced that in themselves. So you never know what to say and when to say. It. And it's, it's such a hard thing to talk about it. Those of us have been through it. We like, we'll blurt it out sometimes, but it's not something that is easy to bring up. So if it happened to somebody else, it's probably that much harder to bring up because you're just, it's not even you. So you have to worry about, well, what would they think of me talking about them right now? So people need to think that, you know, think about it a little bit. Child sex crimes is not something that people are going to, oh, I was in the courtroom and there was this little girl and then this happened. You're not going to give any, any play-by-plays of what happened in that courtroom. You don't want to, you know, you can give the bare basic, the bare minimum, but don't nobody 
really, really want to hear it either. I know people are like, oh, no, you don't want to hear it. Don't lie. It's not something that's good to hear. It's not something that's easy to hear. It's not something you want to hear. So, you know, when she was in school, she had a friend who was molested by her her father. And um, that's why she chose that particular focus, right? So that was her specialty. Um, She... I mean, they don't talk about her in high school because she went to high school in Canada. You know, she had a dance troupe, Midnight Magic. A lot of people don't know that. Um, (laughs) Her father lived in Palo Alto. Um, You know, Palo Alto, especially at the time, it was very white. So (laughs) it was difficult for her because a lot of the neighbor's kids told um, their kids, don't don't play with them. They're black. So, you know, they had to deal with a lot of that. And I, I had to deal with that, too growing up. So I can totally identify a lot of people don't know what it's like to be a black child in a very white neighborhood or white community and how people treat you. But that's exactly what we used to go through all the time. You know, it would always be, well, some of them, the parents would be okay, but you can still tell that they're suspicious of you. And you're like a little kid. You're like, fuck. And, um, and then you just, you'll hear parents straight up, tell them in front of you, don't talk to them and they're black. And you're like, and they'll look directly at you and you're like, wow, you know, you're a grown up, you know, <laughs> I'm a kid. How did that's really fucked up. So she had to deal with that. And it changed. It does give you a, a view to look through the world, right? You're seeing through this lens where you know how people are, they're fucked up. You know, the world's racist, you know, no matter how much money, you have no matter what community you're in. I mean, her dad wasn't poor. He was a pr- professor at Stanford. So he had, he had a decent amount of money and he lived in a nice place. Still, there's going to be racism there and she still dealt with it. So, you know, after the divorce, when they had to go back and forth, they had to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, eventually, she, when she became a prosecutor, um, at first she, you know, was doing what everybody else does because you have to learn how to put together a case and put on a case and try a case. It's not like you just get out of law school and you just know everything. You're like, hey, I'm a badass. I'm on fucking law and order. That's just not how it works. So she had to train um, other uh, under other lawyers, you know, do her time doing traffic cases and whatever came in just to learn how to do it. And then the first, when she was allowed to, you know, move on, she ended up doing sex crimes. And there are I've looked up some cases, um, and they're really hard to deal with. You know, there's one that like, um, like a five-year-old little girl who's getting raped by her brother and, you know, you're five, she's five. So it was very hard for her to explain what happened to her, you know, and you could see the, how sad it was for Kamala because she's, you know, really wants to like get this guy away from her and, you know, she knows that she's not going to be able to, she's not going to be able to win the case because the child, the child can't describe what happened to her, um, like an adult would. So you're, you're having to take these special victims who are young. They're too young. A lot of them, some of them are too young to even really speak, but they're young enough to where they just learned how to talk and trying to explain concepts like rape when you're a five-year-old is very difficult um but you don't know what happened to you you don't know what they're doing to you so she had to do deal with that all the time um which is probably why later on she did a lot of uh, work on um 
uh, on um, sex sex crimes. Um, but the on the pimp side, she would do work in trying to get them and arrest them because she was more focused on the John than the um, the John or the pimp than putting the girl in jail. She was she opened up safe houses. Um, she worked with um, former prostitutes to do advocacy and to get some of these programs started. And there's girls that would disappear after, you know, they had a case, whether she wanted or lost it. And she'd have to go out on the streets and she would have to go and pound the pavement and look for these girls, try to find them, you know, try to get them somewhere safe if they would go. And a lot of times they wouldn't go. So she did aggressively push bills um, for a safe house for underage prostitutes. Um, uh, then she got a bill so that it was legislated that adults cannot buy children for sex. That is illegal. It doesn't matter. Um, that way the kid is the victim instead of being the criminal because they're selling sex. You are the criminal because you're buying it and that's a child. So there's a lot of things that she did that people don't give her credit for. Um, one time she had to search for a girl who she, they, she had ran off and she was abused at home ended up she was out there on the streets getting pimped by another guy and when you that shit happens you, you can't fix it all the time so she had a lot of problems that happened and a lot of work that she did that was really beneficial to the community at at large right and then people say oh she locked up she was locking up black men if they were molesting six-year-old children if they were out here pimping 14 year old girls. I don't understand what the fuck we're supposed to do here with that. Are you, are they not supposed to be locked up because they're black? Because you can't do that. Okay. You can't abuse young girls and, and children and shit like that. That shit's not okay. And it's like, I, my stomach hurts when I hear it. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, there are victims in this situation that you're not even thinking about. Cause I know what she specialized in and I know what the cases she took. These people just assume she was just out there busting weed heads for smoking. Cause this is what they hear from burners. She's just out there smoking, uh, busting weed smokers. And you know, <laughs> that is not what was happening. You have 21 year old men who are pimping 14 year old girls. Um, and that she got, she, that was the, the first time they ever got, um, a pimp charged with statutory rape and child molestation. And she was the one that did that. That way you cannot pimp children. Okay. This is not okay. You can't pimp anybody, but children. So you know, just knowing that that wasn't particularly illegal, you know, <laughs> any more illegal than that's, it's just that you know that we don't value our children at all. And we don't, we definitely, if they're girl children and we don't value women because we're in the 21st century and a lot of things that should have been fucking way illegal fucking centuries ago, it's, we're just now getting around to it that we are a real backwards ass society. <laughs> um, she did other things like, um, oh, she dismissed six felony misdemeanor battery cases against protesters who were demonstrating against the Iraq war. So there you go. Um, 
she's not super pro war, but there was other times where she wouldn't, she wouldn't file, um, for, you know, the death penalty on a cop killer or whatever. And these are signs of progressivism, I guess. Right. But when done by a black woman, nothing is progressive. Everything is calculated. Um, everything is phony. Um, you don't really intend to do anything. And I'm looking at a record and she's somebody that actually got things done <laughs> out of everybody. She got things done. So I think people need to go a little bit more easy on her. And I have a whole bunch of shit. I guess I'll write up a long, Hey, Kamala's the best thing, or I don't know, <laughs> but I'll, I'm, I want to put something out that has a lot of facts and I'll put something that has some stuff about these cases that um, people don't know because they don't know about the victims and there's no names in there, but you know, they don't know the things that happened, the things that she saw, the things she dealt with. All they know is what the media is going to portray. And that's not really the nicest. Like right now, I don't see them ever giving her a fucking break. Um, the only person that gets a break right now is Pete. And he is horrible. Like I said, he is the picture that comes with the, with the, um, with the picture frame at Walmart. That is him. That guy, that is him. Generic fucking guy. Um, I just don't, I just don't really like him, um, as a candidate. I don't feel like he's a good candidate. I don't feel like he's thoughtful as he tries to seem. I don't believe he's even listening when he asks you to go, go ahead and tell me, tell me. Um, I don't, I don't believe him. Um, so there's a lot of work that he needs to do with his delivery and, um, his realness he needs to maybe um be real because i don't i don't believe the goddamn thing he says so yeah never will trust pete he have to get he'd have to grow up he really needs to grow up he's not he's not it he's not it so um yeah so child sexual abuse trials are very difficult to deal with but we also have people that say that Harris helped them when they were a domestic abuse survivor. She did a lot of work and it just goes on and on. And it's hard to find because everything you see is just a flood of, of anti-Kamala articles. And a lot of them are from the left. Um, some of them are from the right, but they're not even as hard on her as the left is. The left is so nasty to her. It makes um, the right wing articles seem fair and balanced. Isn't that some bullshit? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like in, on the examiner, they were, they were kind of nuanced. Oh, not the common dreams. Like they hate her. Alternate hater. And then they have those other little um, publications that are progressive as fuck, I guess. They all hate her. And it's like, wow, you just really hate her. But what did she actually do? Oh, she didn't save this guy this time. Like, oh my God. The whole thing about there's a case that she could have stopped this and stopped that. I don't really have time for that. You have somebody with two decades under their belt 
and you can only pick and and cherry pick like 10 little things and that's the worst thing ever she's the worst the worst let's go through somebody else's right you're gonna we're gonna see way more because i can see where, where they're going with this they make her her strengths into weaknesses you know um they change uh, her instead of saying that she's worked child molesting. Oh, she's busted weed dealers. That's all she ever did. That wasn't really in her. That wasn't in her specialty. They don't just run around fucking. Oh, is there a, a weed case? Let me take it because I've just I'm juiced to to get this going. Like I I don't I don't get it. I really wish they would stop. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is that going on. Um, the Pete thing, though. Oh, I'm so fucking tired of Pete. I am actually tired of Pete to the point where I hate Bernie less. And I cannot stand Bernie. Bernie gets on my nerves. But Pete, though... Who is this guy? He's nobody. He's so fucking nondescript. I think like people are just voting for him because he's that boring. I'm like, well, he can't possibly offend anybody. Okay, why is he polling at 0% with black people? Why? So that leads into the last topic, which is sacrificing black people for the greater good. No. Fuck you. I've had so many white dudes in my mentions telling me that, oh, yeah, well, the shit that you dealt with under the people, <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as Trump. So, like, oh, so you want me to choose which racist bullshit that I have to deal with? But it's going to be something, right? What if I just say no? I'm not going to choose. If it's like that, then fuck it. Oh, democracy is going to fall down. Well, then why aren't you sacrificing for it? Okay? Go get you, go get you Farrakhan. Have him, you know, teach you or whatever. God, whatever. Have somebody put him up there. Somebody from his church that hates white people. When we do that, instead of putting the races against black people up all the time, we always have to deal with that shit. That shit is not Okay. Um, really tired of people telling me how much racism I should be expected to deal with, you know, before it should be a deal breaker. And they're always white people and they've never dealt with any racism. And I'm like, what do you, what the fuck do you know about it? So there's always that. We had that bullshit going on and it's been going on for days. And <laughs> once again, this is kind of tied to Liz. Um, People see Liz fall and their Pete stands. They're like, oh no, what if I'm next? So now they're going around doing what the fucking Liz people did. And are you going to vote for my candidate if it's them versus Trump? No, I'm not. I'm going to sit here. Okay. And think about how dumb I am. Cause I don't know all your words, Pete. You know, you know too many words, dude. You know, you confuse me. I'm still stuck. I'm not coming. So yeah, I'm not coming. I, I'm not coming. So don't even ask. Pete doesn't know. And uh, he has issues. So, and then I was wondering earlier what his husband Chaston did, did for a living. Um, 
and I was just wondering, like, he, is he Tommy from Martin? But apparently he was like a school teacher. Oh, didn't even know he's on a leap of absence. Okay. I still want to know why he lied about that fucking seat. I'm going to write that up for you one day. <laughs> it was the dumbest. Thing. Some of you probably saw it, but it was really stupid. Um, <laughs> Pete acts like he's running for president of Indiana. And, um, or, or president of Iowa, I guess. And all the old white people are like, oh, he's so sweet. Oh, I love him. Love him. Love him. And then they find out black people don't like, oh, so burnt up. Just, oh, this hurts. Tore up. Oh, oh, reverse racism. Okay, like, I don't have to like your little dork, okay? He's dorky and I don't like him. Get over it. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't really seen Warren since her slide in the polls. Mm. I'm like, oh, is she hiding out? That's not a good thing. Because, you know, Tulsi's waiting in a fucking hallway or a sewer somewhere ready to pounce because that's what Tulsi does because she's a fucking demon and um Liz is just over there like I think she's like flabbergasted at how fast it happened and that she really thought she was doing good because they kept telling her that and that's the fucking danger of having <laughs> having white check, check twitter try to promote you as a candidate and make you into the candidate yeah doesn't always work out so well for you and then you're stuck with them. So, mm -hmm. we had a lot of fun yesterday. Um, everybody did cooking with Kamala. We got some videos. We got Doug dancing and everything. And um, we got the fucking former mayor of New York, Mr. Rich, trying to, you know, steal, <laughs> poach her people. So, I don't know. Kind of seems like people are more worried about her than they should be if they don't think she's relevant at all. Because when you're stealing her data, you're poaching her, you know, her staffers. Come on. It's like billionaire fucking sweepstakes right now. Um, and I would like many, many millions of dollars. Go ahead and pay me, Bloomberg or Stare. Thank you. And uh, um, maybe I'll join your team. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Hey. Who's to say I won't, you know? And if they say that, who's to say they're telling the truth? We don't know. We don't know who's telling the truth. So, got that. He really does remind me of Mitt Romney. Um, Pete does. I want to call him Peter. Because he just feels like a Peter. <laughs> oh, and that, speaking of that, day out. Oh, he's losing it. He over there trying to pander to Bernie Bros. I guess he flipped teams. After the election, I didn't pay much attention to him because I felt like he was wilding out, trying to do all that outreach to Bernie bros. And he was because he didn't turn full bro, but it's so fake. It's like, come on, they don't believe this shit. They don't. They don't buy that shit, dog. You worked for Hillary. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then Bernie's, he's still old as fuck. He had a smooth forehead the other day. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what does he got? What kind of procedure did he get? Probably just some dermabrasion, right? Boy, he's kind of fucking easy to figure out. Um, he's going through a, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, but <laughs> these fucking kids have been pumping his fucking head up. 
making him think that he was he's gonna take it all and like I don't think so Obama said he would jump in <laughs> if it looked like Bernie was gonna win so <laughs> that was like a warning <laughs> hey hey everybody hey Obama coalition no <laughs> not this guy all right so yeah it's gonna be a fucking shit show of a campaign I don't know why Deval Patrick's still in. Oh, he needs to go. Um, you don't stop people from getting put on the sex offender registry. What the fuck, dude? And then he goes and takes your sister and rapes her again. Fucking, ooh. Like, you shouldn't even be out. You should be still hiding. Shouldn't be even walk down the streets, okay? Because that's some cold shit. I never knew you even had a sister, but when I found out... <laughs> That that's how you did her. I'm like, wow. Why would you prevent her rapist from getting on the sex offender registry? I don't care if she got back with him. Fuck that. That's my sister. I'm putting him on there first. His name up top. Out of order. <laughs> Why is he on the top of every page? Because <laughs> he's going to be on every page. <laughs> and posters. Like, oh no. I'm just doing a community of service. We don't want these you know, predators out here grabbing people. I want you to be aware. Because no way. Uh-uh. So he totally fucked that all up. Um, so yeah, I'm just calling for the the white fragile blue checks or white checks, however your screen is. Calm your shit down. You do not actually get to control public sentiment. You are supposed to report on it. You're not supposed to be the story. Why are you the story? So you have made yourselves look stupid. And they're all, well, the K-high was mean. Get over it and go do your job. You know, you don't have to come over here. That's one thing that I have noticed that all the self-injuries, they come over, they don't like what we say, we tell them fuck off. They're mean. How mean. <laughs> Fuck you. Who cares if we're mean? You're all mean. So, <laughs> yes. Dated Montel. Weirdness. I always thought that was weird. Running around the streets looking for victims. <laughs> that sounds like her. And um, we we did have a little bit of, you know, I mean, there's always problems. Um, she worked for, uh, I think, Children's Services for a while um, doing their cases. And uh, that's before she ran for DA. So there you go. I gave you information you didn't know. Um, and right now we're just dealing with the fallout of Thanksgiving. And we know that it's going to be even suckier on Christmas. Um, Kid Rock's out here doing uh, racist tirades. And, you know, it's, everything's normal, you know. It's not like I wouldn't expect it, you know, like, okay, there he is. Cause he attacked Oprah and Joy Behar. <laughs> okay. He's so relevant, like really relevant as fuck. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm going to take this stuff. I'm going to write it up and um, I'm going to edit this podcast so I can edit out that whatever just happened right there. And um, I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave and the K-Hive. You can 
support this podcast by donating to Brave at SuperBrave81 on Venmo or you can um, on PayPal. It's at Brave and Act. So go ahead and like, subscribe, give us a, a rec. You know, make sure it's all four stars or five stars. No, no other ones. That's all we take. And um, come see me on Twitter because I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Bye.